You're listening to episode 172 of the Tennis Files podcast on 21 ways to improve your tennis game. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad. Everyone, welcome to another episode of the podcast. My name is Mehrban Iranshad, and I am back to educate you about the game of tennis. And for this episode, I actually decided to just flat out brainstorm one morning, and I wrote down a bunch of different ways that you could improve your tennis game. And I stopped at 21 because it's one of my favorite numbers. And I just felt like that would be a a good number for you to learn about. But so this episode, you know, doesn't necessarily go super in depth as a lot of my other episodes. However, I highly encourage you to let me know if there was a particular subject out of these 21 or subjects that you want to learn more about, and then I can dive deep into them. But of course, I will explain these uh, for you and give you some actionable items that you can can take with you to move forward and improve your game. So I just want to jump straight into them. And as, as I'm looking at my yellow notepad, usually I type notes on my computer. But so the first one that I highly encourage you to do is to watch online videos. And, you know, you can do this by finding a couple people, a couple coaches or or individuals that you respect and you have found to be really good sources of information that are very good coaches and you know then you can figure out what area of your game you need to work on that you need to improve on the most and then from there you can search within these individuals for a uh, good tip so let's say you know you're struggling on your kick serve and you know that Jeff Sausenstein and Ian Westerman and Peter Freeman, they're really good tennis coaches. So then you can go to their YouTube channels and you can search for the kick serve on their channels. And I, you know, I think they're all really great. And then you can find that information. So, I mean, that's something you can easily do. We're all at our computers probably 55 hours a day, uh, obviously an exaggeration, but you know, you can spend a little bit of that time to actually watch online videos. And, you know, there's free ones on YouTube and there's also more premium ones. You know, there's a, the Summit that I uh, host every year, uh, TennisFilesSummit.com, just FYI, uh, where you can find um, a lot of great videos on whatever it is you need to improve on. So that's a pretty easy one. A second way to improve your tennis game, uh, only 20 left, <laughs> is to read tennis books. And there's all sorts of amazing tennis books out there. Uh, I'm planning to write one uh, someday. But, uh, you know, you've got ones on the mental game, like the inner game of tennis. You've got strategic ones. Um, You know, let's say Winning Ugly is kind of a mental slash strategy book. You've got Complete Conditioning for Tennis uh, on the fitness side. You've got a multitude of technical books as well. Reading books is amazing because you're essentially learning 
from somebody else who has been studying the game for decades, most likely. And, you know, you get all that for like 12 bucks or whatever it is, or, you know, Kindle can be like $4. So reading tennis books is amazing. Uh, and you can do that, you know, I guess <laughs> not during work advise, you know, I advise against that, but uh, in the morning, at night, whenever. So uh, it's really, really a great activity that I still enjoy. And peculiarly, I still prefer reading uh, a physical book. I don't know if you all feel that way, but I just like to get that book in my hand and I can just go somewhere without the the screen, the bright lights of the screen uh, screwing up my, my sleep. So reading tennis books is a second really awesome way to improve your game. All right, page flip. Uh, the third way is to hire a tennis coach. And I know that in these times, it may be a little more difficult for some of you, but you still can do that. Uh, you know, it could be an online type of uh, Zoom situation, perhaps uh, Zoom being an online platform to communicate uh, visually, uh, as well as with audio, of course. And so, I mean, with this, you know, you want to do some some research, get a recommendation from other players. You know, it's very easy in, in this day and age of uh, digital uh, media and the interweb to to just research coach. You know, once you have a couple names, you can type uh, their names in. Maybe they might even have a video or two online, and yeah, just figure out what their background is, and then talk to others. And also, you know, if you take one lesson, you're not obligated to continue if you find that it just doesn't mesh with you. So you know, you hire that tennis coach once you find a good one, and then tell them what you want to work on. And again, you know, this could even be uh, somebody online that you you exchange videos with, or you just talk with, especially if it's the mental or stra strategic side. And yeah, I, I think hiring a tennis coach is a huge step, and you've got somebody who's essentially a mentor for you and who can help see your flaws much easier than you would be able to. The fourth way to improve your tennis game is to videotape your matches a huge one that I have talked about a lot so it's almost like you know if you don't have a tennis coach which I highly encourage you should then the next best thing really is to tape your play yeah, your practice your matches and then you can really see especially when you slow down the speed which is really easy to do uh, when playing back the video you can see your flaws more easily than you would be able to tell while you're playing tennis. That's very difficult to do. So, I mean, this is, this is you know, pretty easy to do. You can use your phone. You can use your camera. You can use your video camera. I mean, really, even me, even though I have, uh, you know, like a, a fairly professional camera, a mirrorless camera, I use my phone in a lot of cases. You know, they have these adapters that you can buy for like five or ten bucks that will clip onto the phone and then it has that screw where you can then screw it into a tripod and tripods are very cheap these days. You can even get an Amazon Basics one for like, I don't know, 20 bucks or something. So that way it'll alleviate the need for you to, you know, selfie video yourself while you're playing tennis, which would turn out horribly or the need to have somebody hold it up for you the whole time. So yeah. And, and when you tape yourself, slow down the footage and you can even share uh, that that footage online with with uh, other players forums you can go to my uh, tennisfiles.com facebook group and uh, and share it on there and i'd be happy to look at it as with the community and videotaping your matches huge way to improve your tennis game for sure 
Number five is to schedule time in your calendar to practice. So this has really served me well in life generally, where if I don't have something scheduled in the calendar, I'll be more likely to deviate towards other, uh, you know, activities that are usually a waste of time, unfortunately. But instead, if you block time out in your calendar, and there's obviously a um, recurring option, so you can put, you know, tennis practice. 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. every Wednesday, Friday, S- Sunday, um, you know, for the every single week moving forward, stuff like that. And I use Google Calendar. You can also use a physical calendar and just block it in there. You can also set an alarm, especially with that's why I like using Google Calendar because you can internally and what I do, especially for um, interviews uh, <laughs> and important tennis functions, I'll set an alarm, uh, perhaps an hour before or so. And then I'll also set it to send me an email a couple hours beforehand. So I have that double fail safe of if I don't hear the alarm, at least I've gotten the, the email or vice versa. Although I shouldn't be checking my email, you know, every single hour, but that's another story. But, you know, again, it's a fail safe, um, to have two sorts of ways to notify yourself. And, yeah, so just schedule the time in and stick to it. That's really important. And visually, when you see it on your calendar, that's helpful. You know, I like to look at my calendar first thing in the morning so I know what the heck I'm doing during the day. Okay, n- number six is to work on your lateral movement. And so these tips are, you know, wide ranging. They touch different facets of the game. So we move on average 70% laterally on the court. I think I heard that stat first from Dr. Mark Kovacs. And this obviously depends on your style of game. So for a, you know, a counter puncher, it's probably even more than 70%. If you're a serving volleyer, it's a little bit less. Um, but you know, think about it, you're still moving laterally on your, your volleys there. So it's really important, you know, a lot of players are still stuck to the old school way of training where they're just like running five miles and they think that somehow will translate to speed and power on the court, which is not the case. So I encourage you to train how you move on the court. So, you know, the example movements, you have the sidestep, the uh, crossovers, karaoke, perform some shadow swing forehands and backhands and mimic uh, you know, different lengths from, uh, you know, very short distances to sideline to sideline. This is a very important thing to do. You don't even need a tennis court to do this. I often do this actually on my driveway. Um, and there's some, you know, a, a incline decline element on the driveway, which is also a kind of interesting and provides some variability uh, to your lateral training. So that's a really good one, I think, to help us move better on the court. Tip number seven is to get more sleep. And more sleep is clearly directly related to better performance. There was a study, I can't remember if it's a there was a Stanford basketball team or some sort of basketball team, but they they got an extra hour of sleep every night. And when you looked at their statistics for that year, it increased substantially across the board from the previous year. So there's been many studies on this. I mean, if if you do not get enough sleep, then your your concentration, your fine motor skills, your your, your endurance, a lot of these uh, crucial elements to your success will suffer when you don't get enough sleep. So, you know, the amount of sleep we need is different for everybody, depending on 
age and even what you did uh, the you know the night before I find that when I have more strenuous activity then I need more sleep I think Roger Federer said something or said that he gets like 10 hours or something like that of sleep a night which I mean it seems ridiculous but clearly he's doing a lot of things right so I wouldn't discount that at all so get get your sleep and get off those screens I I've Recently turned off my notification, so apologies in advance if any of you are texting or DMing me and not getting a response in, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. Uh, I've been trying to ignore my phone more often uh, that, you know, it helps get me in in the zone and more better concentrated. Uh, We're not talking orange juice, but I have better concentration when I am not hearing these dings every five seconds. Alrighty, that could be a little tip in itself. So number eight. Have somebody chart your matches, or you can alternatively use an app or a service. I remember actually, I charted one of my former teammates uh, at UMBC his match, and then uh, I I started telling him his stats, and he had lost, and he said, "I already know that," and he kind of walked off, and he was pissed off. But that's besides the point. I think that charting your match or Using, uh, you know, some sort of service will really open your eyes as to what you're doing well and not well on the court. It'll give you really cool statistics like your number of errors you're making, number of aces and double faults, the ball speed, the amount of speed and spin that you have on the ball. And yeah, and actually, I remember um, several times, you know, we recorded our matches on this technology called play site, which is pretty cool. Uh, If you're in the mid-Atlantic area, there's a decent amount of clubs that have them, at least on the first couple courts. And uh, GTCC is one facility that has them on a few courts as well. And so it's really cool. It'll uh, record your match, send it to your email address, and that's fantastic. But you can also record your, your matches on your phone. And there's a multitude of uh, different apps that you can use. I think there's a subscription model. It, it might be Swing Vision. I think that's the one. Uh, and also, you know, just just uh, these websites where you can submit your video of your matches, and then somebody or the computer will actually go through it and like mark all the the different statistics that you would want. So, and that's probably like a hundred bucks or 150. There's a lot of different you know, options and add-ons you can you can perform or have. But yeah, I think that's really cool and it's a fun way to to learn more about your game is by just basically getting your match analyzed uh, for different statistics. Number nine is to keep a tennis journal. And you know, you can make it real simple and just buy a blank notebook and just make some annotations or um, headings or whatever, or even go at it like, you know, free form. Or you can get something like a tennis practice journal or a match journal. I know Functional Tennis makes that. And so I'll leave a link in the show notes for for that. And then, you know, wh- when you journal, uh, you know, after your matches and even before, you can make notes about how you felt about the match, what you did to prepare, the tactics tactics you used, what worked and what did not work. And this is really important stuff. I mean, it, it it's great to kind of see, okay, I played X type of player. I was feeling this way. I prepared that way. And I used XYZ strategies and what worked and what didn't. And then you can try to emulate or discard and replace as needed. 
in terms of all those different facets of, of, you know, what you did pre-match and during the match. So, um, you know, writing down what, what happened during that, uh, that match or even practice is a great way to, to improve your game. Number 10 is to work on your fitness. So we talked a little bit about this with the lateral movement suggestion and tip, uh, but it's really important to to work on your fitness. You know, I've quoted this um, statistic several times. You probably heard me say it, but we had Michael Boyle on the podcast, uh, you know, a little while ago now, but he mentioned that for whatever age you are, that's the percentage of time you should be working on your mobility. So I that just highlights the fact that you, you know, as you age, you lose your flexibility and your mobility and then that affects your technique, you know, in terms of the range that you can rotate and and unleash uh the coiling and uh your follow through all this stuff. So really important. So I I mean, I would start this not by just jumping into whatever workout you're seeing on Instagram, but rather you want to assess or have a fitness professional even much better than just yourself to assess your strengths and weaknesses, uh, the different facets of fitness, you know, such as strength, mobility, stamina, speed, endurance, etc. I guess stamina and endurance are similar. And then to figure out, okay, what areas am I most efficient in and what areas do I should I work on first and that will give me the, the best ROI. Uh, or any like, you know, urgent problem areas. And then once you know all that, then you build an exercise routine around this. Um, You know, for example, I mean, if I'm already super strong in my chest, which is of course the case, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, please delete that, whoever's editing this. Um, (laughs) You know, it doesn't serve me to just like do, uh, you know, three days of bench pressing a week. Or, you know, if I'm really really uh good at at performing power movements but i'm i'm really bad at endurance and it's costing me matches and i'm just blind to that and i'm not working on my endurance capabilities like what that doesn't make any sense but that's effectively what a lot of people are doing because they just kind of ask people hey what workout are you doing but we're all very different individuals we have different deficiencies and capabilities and uh, things we need to work on. So please assess, don't guess. That's what Racket Fit promotes in terms of a philosophy, which I'm a you know, member of, and I've gone to their seminar before. And uh, you know, shout out to Dr. Greg Rose, uh, Dr. Mark Kovac, Jeff Salzenstein, and Dr. Sean Drake. Um, but yeah, that's a great organization. So in any case, uh, you know, you, you want to assess and then you want to build an exercise routine around that. And ideally, you want to consult fitness experts. And you can also, of course, do your own uh, research with, uh, from good sources with books and videos, etc. Um, you know, books from Dr. Mark Kovacs would be a great, great start on that. Okay, tip number 11 is to eat healthier. And you know the old adage, you are what you eat. So, um, you know, that really affects how you feel on the court, how you perform. You know, if I'm eating a, some greasy pizza before my match, then I'm not going to really perform so well unless I'm like 12, maybe. I don't know. Actually, I remember during or after I I played a match against one of my friends in, in the junior days, uh, his, his dad told me, he said, you know what, you, you deserve to win that. And I said, oh, what do you mean? And he said, well, 
my son had pizza the night before and he wasn't serious. So, uh, yeah, just kind of a random thought. But, I mean, it, it is true that uh, you want to obviously give yourself the best chance to perform well. And that includes for sure what you eat. I mean, you can select foods that will give you more energy and that will even cognitively improve your thinking, which is vital to playing a strategically sound match. And, uh, you know, conversely, you can eat some crap foods and then uh, make yourself feel pretty bad out there. Um, so yeah. And also on the topic of, of eating healthier, you, uh, if you do it right, you can, uh, encourage your body to, to, to lose weight when needed and, you know, gain more musculature. And so obviously the quicker you are on the court, the more powerful you are on the court, the better you're going to play. And this is heavily influenced, not just by what exercises you do, but also by your eating in addition to your sleep. Okay, number 12 is to focus on your footwork. And especially in matches, I have found that a lot of the times, like when I'm not playing well, what I really need to be doing is to just focus on my footwork. And I've had many key moments in matches where I felt nervous and, you know, I realized that I have not been getting into the proper position to strike the ball uh, very well. So I then just start moving my feet very intensely, um, you know, in place even, uh, in between points. And a lot of times we, when we miss shots, we are thinking, what am I doing with my arms here? Why am I not hitting the ball well? And you like start swinging uh, in the air, you know, even though there's no ball there. And that looks kind of funny as well. But uh, even the pros do this. It's it's funny, but uh, what you really should be focusing on first, I think, is your footwork and actually getting in the proper position so that you can load your body efficiently. I mean, if you're leaning forward or backwards from not being in position and not being balanced, then you're not going to hit any good strokes at all. So focus on your footwork. And again, another thing that you can do, I think most of these things that I'm telling you about today, you can do without being on a tennis court. You know, you don't even need a racket. So just as an aside, I'm doing a lot of jump roping as well these days. It's a, a great way to practice your coordination and footwork. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Number 13, fix your contact point. This is a big reason why players don't have um, good shots. And this does uh, correlate to also, you know, having good footwork to position yourself to make a good contact point. But it also involves um, the other facets of your technique, you know, your upper body and, and all the rest of it. So in the other day, I was hitting with my uh, one of my best friends, Victor, and he... Uh, you know, we hadn't hit for a while, at least, you know, on the court at that time. And then he found that he was not hitting his volleys very well, especially his forehand volley. And when I took a look, I tried my best to, to look across the net at what he was doing. It looked like his contact point was off. You know, sometimes he was hitting it a little bit behind where he normally should be making contact with the ball. And sometimes he was making contact a little too far in front from where he should normally be making contact. 
And that, you know, that's a really important thing to do. And it's, it's interesting. And, you know, I've had some great presentations on this on my summits. I can remember one from uh, Coach Vesa Ponka, who uh, he basically, you know, ruined me in terms of like, it was so such a tough training that I did with him one time when I uh, took a lesson with him at JTCC. But uh, he, he talked about the importance of the contact point. And, and, you know, he chose that because he felt that it was probably the most important thing in tennis. And with good reason. So, uh, because when you focus on your contact point, a lot of times it fixes, um, you know, other errors in what you're doing, you know? So if I have a huge swing, okay, and then I'm making contact too late, um, or, or in other words, hitting the ball, uh, you know, too far behind the optimal contact point, then I might automatically shorten the length of my swing. If I'm thinking, hey, I've got to contact the ball here, it's not happening. So how do I make an adjustment? And so kind of relatedly, I had Devor Dakaris on the show in the last episode, and I had Joel Myers on the previous episode, and both of them were, um, you know, essentially uh, stressing the importance of the contact point as well over any you know, like we were debating, not really debating, but just talking about, you know, the WTA forehand versus the the ATP forehand and what could be better if, if at all. And they were just saying, you know, as long as you're making good contact, then it doesn't ultimately matter what your backswing is like. You know, there's certain checkpoints in a swing and uh, techniques. So there's, it doesn't necessarily mean that the your swing has to be exactly conform to uh, a certain way. So fix your contact point. That'll serve you very well. Okay, number 14 on this yellow huge notebook of, of several pages of notes here is to increase your network of hitting partners and more variation, the better. And you can think of it like, you know how when when Federer, he flies out lefties to, to train with him so that he can prepare for playing Rafa Nadal potentially? You know, this is the same thing with you. You you need to increase your network so that, you know, when you want to practice against a certain type of player, perhaps you played a match against a certain volleyer and this person destroyed you, then you want to call up Bob the servant volleyer, BSV. I uh, just totally made that up. And then you can practice against this person and you want to have players who are you know better than you so that raise your intensity level and you can learn from. And as I've learned it also serves you well to have players who maybe are uh, a little bit below your level too that can also help you know you can practice certain things you know more relaxed i guess um without really you know stressing so much trying to win and uh, you, you know you can find these players uh, when you play tournaments i highly encourage you to be um to be friendly and talk to them i mean i i'm an introvert and i'm you know probably shyer than most of you all even though you know, I have all this, these internet, uh, you know, content streams. I still am pretty shy. So I remember it was being tough, but I remember my, my dad, especially just encouraging me to, to talk to people and make friends with, and, uh, and it's, it's really helped, you know, when I've been able to practice with these amazing players. So yeah, just, uh, increase your network and you can also, I mean, you join communities. There's so many out there, you know, tennis files, uh, Facebook page, Etc. And and you just ask around to say, hey, you know, I'm a 4-0 player, and 
uh, Armadillo, Texas. I think that's a city. <laughs> I hope it is. And so uh, I just really like armadillos uh, for whatever reason. And then, you know, you, 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 you just post there and there's going to be people probably who say, Hey, you know, I live here too. And there's also other websites where you can, you can, uh, find a ton of people. I think there might be like the global tennis network or something like that could be one source. Don't quote me if I am not correct on this, but I will obviously, I'll link up you know, these sources that I'm talking about. All right. Number 15 is to be honest with yourself in regards to your game. So you really need to take an honest assessment of what you need to improve. Um, don't have an ego. You won't improve if you don't, if you have an ego and you think that your game is amazing. And, you know, even if you do, you will be humbled eventually by a better players. So uh, you know, just kind of assess and, and tell you, you know, say, okay, my, I, I recognize that I tend to double fault and I need to improve my second serve. It's, it's really important to improving my game. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple tip here that just be honest, look in the mirror, you know, figure out what are your biggest flaws in tennis. And then that's the only way that you can really start to improve your game is with that honest assessment. All right, number 16 is to play tournaments. And playing tournaments is going to expose your game, as I just mentioned, uh, when it really matters. You know, we may play well and super relaxed in practices, but all of a sudden we're in this pressure situation in matches, and then boom, that's when we go back to, you know, what we do best and what automatically comes to us, and then we can learn a lot from that. I remember playing a tournament JTCC again keeps coming up, and I lost that match to a very good player. Uh, I think it might have been Junior Orr, who I had on the podcast. He beat me like two and one or one and one or something like that. Uh, amazing player who plays on the pro circuit. And then the, the older gentleman there asked me, "Oh, you know, how did you do?" This was in the the clubhouse later on. And then I said, "Oh, you know, I lost." And he said, "Well." Uh, you know, it's, it's good. You played this tournament. It's good. You lost. That's the only way you're going to learn. And a super wise man who I'm sure is very successful. He looked like a very successful man and a classy individual there. So, um, yeah, I just highly encourage you to keep challenging yourself. And the best way to do that is to, is by playing tournaments. And, you know, again, I know that it might be restricted a bit at this point in time, but you know, if you can't play tournaments or they're not being held, uh, you know, safely get a friend out there and compete with that person and, you know, make a better two if you want. Uh, n- not, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but maybe a, a move, uh, hmm, you know, like a dinner or something. So, all right. So play tournaments, big one. Number 17. Wow. We have one, two, three, four, five left, including this one. Tip number 17 to improve your game is that, and it's it's funny, it's actually a little bit contrarian slightly to the previous tip, but if you are making a technical change in your game, I would actually encourage you to play less tournaments, okay? And that is because you need to take time to actually learn the new technique and make it automatic. You know, the worst thing to do is to spend, you know, a, a couple weeks of of, you know, learning a different grip or you know a different uh, technique on your backhand or whatever it is and then you go into a tournament and then you know it's crunch time you want to win that's your priority and then you revert back to your old technique and then you know it's all gone that was a weird weird noise i made but anyway um 
you you don't want to do that. So, I mean, there's only two things you could do at that point. You know, you either uh, in the tournament, you commit to your technique and then you probably lose <laughs> decent chance or you you go back to the old technique and then you also lose even worse because your long term uh, vision is uh, is halted. So I would actually say in certain instances, especially when you're learning a, a technical uh, change then you do not want to play as many tournaments and you want to make that technical change second nature and then play the tournament or, you know, kind of progress with um, serious point play and practice and then practice sets and then the tournament. All right. Number 18 is to practice with more intensity. And, uh, you know, all of us uh, tennis experts and influencers here we always get this question of like, why do I play so well in practice and I don't in matches? You know, when matches come, I play like junk. And that is in large part because you're simply not practicing with enough intensity on the court. I remember at Bethesda Country Club, the uh, these two brothers who were very good players, um, Ben and Kyle, I don't know if they play anymore, but they would just practice relentlessly against each other. I'd see them playing these practice sets. And they would just be going at it, you know, a couple of times I was wondering, oh, you know, is there a, a tournament being held today or or what? I mean, it was intense and that helped them to become great players, you know, and I think in college and, and whatnot and beyond. So, yeah, uh, I would highly encourage you to practice with more intensity because if you're loose in your practices, you know, you may be hitting, you know, great shots. But then when it comes to the matches, you will tighten up. Believe me on that. So, and you also will not get the most out of practice that you can if you don't train hard and with intensity. So that's obviously not good. It's basically wasting time. I mean, I do get it. You know, obviously, you even the best players in the world they're they're gonna smile and chuckle a little bit, but that's that's pretty much in between uh, points or or actually not even that, but just during the breaks when they're sitting down. You know, when they're playing, they're not chuckling and all this. They're they're focusing on what they need to do to improve and they're concentrating with full intensity. Number 19 in my list of 21 tips is to have an attitude of gratitude. And I think I learned this from Tony Robbins, but when applying this to my tennis, it really helps me a lot because especially on days when I'm not playing so well or not feeling so great, I think of often of of just how grateful I should be and how grateful I am for the chance to play tennis. You have a lot of people around the world who want to play tennis. Maybe they see others playing it on TV or in life, but they're not able to, whether that's uh, for financial reasons or um, just conditions or, or whatever's going on. But you're able to play tennis. You know, you have your fancy polo shirt and sh- uh, shorts or, or, you know, tennis outfit or whatever it is. And you're out there playing tennis, and um, I mean that's a beautiful thing in itself. So whenever I think of of the opportunity that I have that others don't, and I'm able to really instantly just elevate my move, my mood, positively, and my move ing, and um, that has served me really well. So have that attitude of gratitude, and that'll serve you well in many, on all facets of life. And you know when you cultivate that attitude, then you're going to feel more positive, and then. It's really only when you're in a positive frame of mind when you're going to be able to uh, improve your game. Tip number 20 is to learn from the pros. 
And so um, you want to find a player or a couple of players that kind of fit your style of play and then learn what the player does well, you know, how they move on the court, how they train their strategies, how they construct points. Um, you know, if they have similar physical attributes to you, then that's a good sign. You should probably follow their, uh, their strategies and how they do things um, with their game. So um, I would, you know, I would, again, cautiously learn from the pros, you know, like if you're just watching Federer all day, but, and you try to just copy his strokes and not, that's not necessarily going to give you the best gains. So that's why um, I keep mentioning how, you know, maybe you find a player that's kind of similar to you in the, the physical attributes uh, department or in, in some other facet that you think would correlate with your style of play. So yes, learn from the pros. I like to turn off the TV volume too when I do that sometimes so I can just concentrate on what's going on and, and the footwork and the movement and strategy and so forth. All right, and tip number 21 is to listen to podcasts. Oh my gosh, what a selfish tip. Unbelievable. Well, you know what? I can say well done and well accomplished here with number 21 because you are doing that right now. And so, I mean, the beauty of podcasts, and I don't just listen to tennis podcasts, I listen to all sorts of podcasts, you know, and self-improvement and financial and uh, health and, and, of course, you know, tennis too. So all, all sorts of things. And the beauty of it is you can listen to podcasts anytime you want, while you're cooking, when you're in the shower, when you're in the car when you're lifting weights, I do all of these, or I listen to podcasts during all of the, these situations that I mentioned. And I mean, you can learn a lot of amazing habits and, and training, uh, you know, uh, principles and strategies, um, technical tips, all these things. And uh, you know, I have a few recommendations. I mean, there's this show that you might not have heard of called the Tennis Files Podcast. Hmm. No, but I mean, that's, you know, obviously I really enjoy what I do. And I, I love talking with all these uh, amazing people that I interview on the show, you know, over 170 episodes right now. We're on 172. Um, but there's other great ones out there, too. You know, you've got the Essential Tennis Podcast with Ian Westerman. You've got the Adam Blitcher Show. You've got Tennis Quick Tips. With Kim Selzman, you've got Cracked Rackets. I know they do some some interviews out there uh, on that show as well. And you know, there's there's obviously a multitude of of podcasts about the pro game, but then there's also ones like mine and the ones I mentioned that will actually help you improve your game. So if you're looking for how to improve your game, then you can check out these podcasts, and I will link to them in the show notes as well. So a lot of great ones. I'm sure there's some that I that I missed, but uh, I'll probably add even more uh, on the, the show notes page, which will be at tennisfiles.com slash podcast. And then just simply click on this episode. And also the show notes will be on your podcast app and the link should be on there as well. So those are my 21 tips to improve your tennis game. And I'm going to do a recap because I know that, you know, invariably maybe you were frying up some uh, some vegetables and you didn't hear one of them, but so we'll go through them in order. Number one, watch online videos. Number two, read tennis books. Number three, hire a tennis coach. Number four, videotape your matches. Number five, schedule time in your calendar to practice. Number six, work on your lateral movement. Number seven, get more sleep. 
Number eight, have someone analyze your matches, whether that's through an app or an individual or service. Number nine, keep a tennis journal. Number 10, work on your fitness. Number 11, eat healthier. Number 12, focus on your footwork. Number 13, fix your contact point. Number 14, increase your network of hitting partners. Number 15, be honest with your game uh, and yourself. Number 16, play tournaments. Number 17, if making a technical change, then play less tournaments or none at all. Number 18, practice with more intensity. Number 19, have an attitude of gratitude. Number 20, learn from the pros. And number 21, listen to podcasts, especially the Tennis Files podcast. (laughs) All right, fantastic. Well, I hope that you all really enjoyed this episode. I certainly enjoyed making it for you, and it was fun kind of just brainstorming all the different ways to improve your tennis game. And so again, if you want me to dive deep into one or more of these topics, let me know and I'll do it myself or find somebody to interview about that particular topic. And if you want me to do, you know, another episode just like this, I'm sure I can think of at least, you know, 20 more ways, 21 more ways to improve your game. So I can do another one. Just let me know. You can always let me know at Mirban at tennisfiles.com. That's M-E-H-R-B-A-N at tennisfiles.com. That's, uh, did I just spell any of that? So it's <laughs> M-E-H-R-B-A-N at T-E-N-N-I-S-F-I-L-E-S.com. So there you go. All right. And I'd like to ask one favor, uh, which is that if you got value from this episode, I would really appreciate it if you would rate and leave a review for the Tennis Files podcast. And you can do that at tennisfiles.com slash Apple Podcasts um, or, you know, through your podcast app of choice. I just find that Apple Podcasts seems to be the most popular and uh, the most influential, but that would really help me uh, and the show and its visibility and rankings, but also probably even more importantly um, to learn what it is that you think is is going well with the show and, and that maybe you want me to improve. Alrighty, and I am going to leave you with a quote as I do after every episode pretty much. Uh, and this one is from Archimedes, sword in the stone. <laughs> and Archimedes said, the only way to learn it is to do it. And that's really important. And speaking of podcasts, I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about how, you know, learning is important, but it's even more important to actually be doing, you know, you could learn all you want, but if you never apply what you learn, then what good is it that you learned it? I mean, you know, except maybe you can teach others, I guess, but you want to um, take action on what you've learned. So, you know, when you learn a tip in this podcast, you act, just write it down in your calendar to to act on that tip. So that is the tip. Uh, That is the quote of the day for you. And I I really hope you enjoyed this episode of these uh, 21 ways to improve your tennis game. Uh, Like I said, let me know what you think about it, leave a review and and so forth and email me if you'd like. And that's it. So I really look forward to continue to make hundreds more podcast episodes, knock on wood for you uh, comprising you know, both solo episodes like this and probably even more so interviews with the top pros, coaches, and experts to help you improve your tennis game. All right, this is Mirabon Aranchad from the Tennis Files podcast and tennisfiles.com and the Tennis Files Summit and everything else. Really appreciate you listening and hope you have a great and safe 
um, day, week, month, and year. I know there's lots of change going on uh, these days, so just uh, stay strong and be well, keep safe, and play some tennis when you can. All right, everybody, take care. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.